Welcome to Worship From Home. I would like to thank everyone who's joining us today and encourage each one of you to participate attentively and prayerfully. I also encourage you to take notes and reflect together with your family or your friends or your care group members using the reflection questions that are posted on our FB page. So let's prepare our hearts together as we receive grace from the Lord today. Have a blessed Lord's Day. Magandang hapon po sa lahat. Natutuhan natin sa dating catechism question that our only hope for escaping God's punishment for our sin is through a Redeemer. The young catechism question tells us who that Redeemer is. Basahin natin ang tanong at sagot. Question 20. Who is the Redeemer. Answer. The only Redeemer is the Lord Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God, in whom God became man and bore the penalty for sin himself. Ang supporting Bible verse, uh, 1 Timothy 2 verse 5. There is one God and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. The mystery of the Incarnation is that Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God, became man. This is what sets Jesus apart from every other religious figure in history. Jesus is not a man with godlike qualities, nor is he a God with human-like characteristics. Sabinang Bible that Jesus is at the same time fully God and fully man. He is fully man so that he can be our substitute. And he is fully God so that he can conquer sin and death and give us eternal life. What a glorious Redeemer we have in Jesus. Salamat po. For our call to worship, please read with me Psalm 66, verses 1 to 4. Shout for joy to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of His name. Give to Him glorious praise. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. So great is your power that your enemies come cringing to you. All the earth worships you and sing praises to you. They sing praises to your name. Selah. As we continue our worship today, let's turn to the Word of God in Scripture. We'll be reading from Psalm 77. I'll read Psalm 77, verses 7, verses 1 to 9. Let's ask God's blessing in a moment of prayer. Thank you, Lord God, so much for this opportunity to worship you, to listen to you, to hear your Word. And we earnestly pray that you will remove anything that would distract us, anything that's on our minds or our hearts, O oh Lord God. We pray that we'll be able to focus fully upon you and, and listen to your voice speaking to us. May you truly speak to each one of us and plant the word, your word, into our hearts by your Holy Spirit, that it will grow and bear fruit here and now and for eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen.
We are continuing our uh, series in the Psalms that we call My Strength and My Song. And so I'll be starting out with Psalm 77, but later on be focusing more on Romans chapter 8. Let's read Psalm 77 verses 1 to 9. I cried out to God for help. I cried out to God to hear me. When I was in distress, I sought the Lord. At night, I stretched out untiring hands, and I would not be comforted. I remembered you, God, and I groaned. I meditated, and my spirit grew faint. You kept my eyes from closing. I was too troubled to speak. I thought about the former days, the years of long ago. I remembered my songs in the night. My heart meditated, and my spirit asked, Will the Lord reject forever? Will he never show his favor again? Has his unfailing love vanished forever? Has his promise failed for all time? Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has he in anger withheld his compassion? May God add his blessing to his word today. This psalm comes uh, in a form of lament. It's in a way kind of a complaint to God, why, why are things happening like this? What's happening, God? Where are you in this situation? And it's good that we learn this, this uh, manner of speaking to God that we call lament. Uh, several weeks ago, Pastor Abed mentioned uh, a lament that I had written, and I've posted that on our Breadcom QC uh, website, or Facebook page rather, and you can check that out in case that might help you. And, uh, you know, we, we think about how the psalmist speaks to God here as, as the psalmist is struggling. I think of lament as a complaint in a way, but it's a complaint while holding on to God, holding on to God's promises, trusting that God will come through. God will uh, help us in our time of need. But notice especially verse 3 here where the psalmist says, uh, the psalmist is Asaph in this case, by the way. He says, I remember you, God, and I groaned. I meditated and my heart grew faint. His prayer comes in the, in the form of groaning. Uh, he, he is struggling with God in prayer. But notice that this is, this is part of his conversation with God. His groaning is, is, is in a way talking to God. Now, I wonder, I want to ask you, do you find yourself groaning these days? Do you find yourself in that kind of inner struggle, uh, struggling with what's going on, struggling with God, wondering what God is doing and why things are happening the way they are? Just this morning, uh, I heard from a fellow teacher that her father just passed away this morning. Not sure if it was COVID. He had symptoms similar to COVID, but wasn't able to get tested, but now... He's gone from this earth. At least we have the comfort to know that he's in the hands of the Lord. Just last night, I heard from a friend in New Jersey, a pastor, that he tested positive for COVID-19. Now that's bad enough, but worse yet, he found out that his mother-in-law and father-in-law also both just tested positive. And he is figuring out that most likely they caught it from him. So can you imagine that feeling? Uh, not only do you have the sickness, but you most likely have passed it on to your parents-in-law who are elderly and much more vulnerable, who will definitely struggle with this illness. You know, I think about all the stresses that we're dealing in these days. I think about uh, 
breadwinners in days when there's no bread to be won because there's so little employment. I think about business people who, who are struggling how to handle this, how to survive your business in these difficult times. Do you take out a huge loan that later on will be very difficult to pay back just to survive? Or do you de declare bankruptcy uh, to let go of all your debts? And then you think about your employees who are depending upon you. You want to help them. You don't want to just leave them without any means of subsistence. And so, you know, you struggle with these issues in life. Children uh, struggling with online learning, at first it might seem kind of fun, kind of different, but as time goes on, you realize that there are lots of challenges and it's not quite like what it used to be. And this, all in addition to the regular struggles, challenges, and stresses that we experience from day to day. So, you know, how are you dealing with all this? Um, how do you deal with the struggles inside, that feeling of, uh, of deep stress, uh, not just on the outside, but really on the inside? How do you deal with that inner turmoil? Uh, sometimes we call it cognitive dissonance when there are, you know, different things going on and, and, and there's dissonance about these things. It's not harmonious, but we struggle. You know, how can we figure out that God is great and powerful and yet, you know, why is this going on? We struggle with that. And sometimes our ready-made answers, you know, may seem kind of trite. We might say, well, it'll all work out in the end. Everything will work out for good. Or God has everything under control. He knows what he's doing and uh, it will be okay. To some extent, those kinds of things may, may help, but yet they seem kind of shallow uh, in, in the face of the deep struggles that we're dealing with. And so we, we do need to learn to lament and even to groan in the presence of God as we struggle with these things. Let's turn to Romans 8 now, where we see a different kind of groaning in a sense, and I call it the groaning trio. Uh, we'll be reading uh, Romans 8, verses 18 to 27. Romans 8 is probably a familiar Bible passage to, to many of us. Uh, it's a popular passage, and I think the reason why it's popular is because it really deals with some of the tensions that we all deal with in life. Paul is speaking to the, the Christians in the city of Rome, and he's talking about the Christian life, and, and here he talks about some of those tensions. The tension between law and grace. The tension between the flesh and the spirit, between our, our old sinful nature and our new nature in Christ. The tension between the already, but not yet. On the one hand, already we have salvation in Christ, but on the other hand, it's not complete. We're still struggling and there's, there's more that's coming. And so in these tensions, Paul, uh, in this beautiful passage, talks about three kinds of groaning. First, the groaning of creation, then our own groaning, and then finally, the groaning of the Spirit of God, even within us. So let's read that passage and take note of those groanings as, as we read through it. Romans 8, beginning at verse 18. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, 
but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Beautiful and powerful passage. So you saw the three kinds of groaning, the creation's groaning, our own groaning, and then the Spirit's groaning. So let's look at each of these three briefly. First of all, Paul talks about the groaning of creation. It's interesting that this part takes up the most verses in the passage. It takes up four verses, almost half of the whole passage. And, and notice here, did you notice that uh, Paul personifies uh, the created order, the non-human creation, meaning that uh, through the use of metaphors, he's talking as if uh, the creation is very conscious. It has emotions. It can think and, and, and it can struggle also. Notice these words like the creation is waiting in eager expectation. It's subjected to frustration. Uh, it, it's, it's hoping for something in hope. Uh, the hope that it will be liberated. It looks forward to liberation and it's groaning as in childbirth. So in that last line, it's comparing the creation to an expectant mother struggling with labor pains and yet expectant of a newborn baby. And so Paul is recognizing here that the creation is very important to God. Uh, it, it's lifting up the status of the non-human creation in a sense, realizing its importance. Notice that the creation is waiting for the children of God to be revealed. You see, creation was subjected to frustration, and this is all about the human fall into sin under, under Adam and Eve. Because of that fall into sin, creation was, had to undergo a curse, actually and uh, was subjected to the frustration of not being the, the, the fullness of creation that the Creator intended it to be. And so there was that frustration. But the creation awaits uh, a liberation when the full number of the children of God will be revealed. Not only the full number, but in their fullness of glory. Now this uh, reminds us, we can, we can see the groaning of creation around us even, even here and now. The, the pollution that we struggle with, we, we think about the abuse of creation, we think about the calamities that we experience from, from nature, we think about climate change and the effect that it has. Uh, so we're, we can be mindful of this and really sense the, the, the groaning of creation. And so in the fullness of time, when the full number and glory of the children of God will be revealed, then creation will be released from that bondage 
and uh, will enjoy the freedom of full redemption in Christ. And so creation is groaning in that way. Notice three aspects of the groaning of creation. First of all is the pain, and he describes it as, as the labor pains of a woman about to give birth. And so creation is experiencing pain, is experiencing struggle in that way. And then there's frustration. Frustration because uh, creation can't be all that it's supposed to be. And so it, it struggles with that frustration. And then finally is longing, is looking forward, looking ahead to a fuller redemption, a blessedness that will come uh, at the return of Christ and the fullness of God's redemption. One thing that we pick out here, we can see is, is the cosmic scope of what is going on here. Especially as we think about humankind, God's redemption plan, redeeming us as his people in Jesus Christ. We, we focus on, on human uh, attributes of salvation, but Paul is saying in a sense it's much bigger than just humans. It's the whole universe, it's the, the whole creation that is involved in this. And so, uh, you know, we are part of something that's much bigger, much greater. So that's the, the groaning of creation. Now Paul goes on to talk about our own groaning. And, uh, you know, he says that we have the first fruits of the Spirit, uh, but we, we groan inwardly. We, you know, we have the first fruits. We, we have salvation in Christ. We have died with Christ. We've been raised to new life in Christ through his resurrection. We've been justified. We've been forgiven of our sins. We have the hope of eternal life. Great blessings that we already experienced, but it's not complete yet. We still struggle with sin in our lives. That sin still bogs us down. Sickness and problems, we are not exempt from these things. You know, we, just like everyone in the world, uh, struggle with the COVID-19 crisis that's going on and many other struggles in our lives. We're not exempt. We still have to face them. And so we groan. And notice that, it's, in a way, it's very similar to the groaning, groaning of creation, the three aspects that we talked about earlier. First of all, there's, there's the pain. You know, we still, we, we, we still uh, suffer the problems and the difficulties uh, of a fallen world, even if we ourselves have not caused those problems. Just like, you know, the coronavirus, we, we're not the ones who, who started it, started out in another country, uh, and, and came to us. So there's that pain that we experience. Secondly, there's the frustration. The frustration that, you know, we've been redeemed, but we're still bogged down by sin and, and, and those struggles. And so there's the frustration that we're not quite yet all that God intends us to be. And then there's the longing. There's the looking forward to what is coming ahead. The expectation of the complete redemption when Christ returns and everything will be complete. There will be no more death, sorrow, mourning, or pain. We'll be totally redeemed in Jesus Christ. So that's our groaning as God's people, as his children. And then thirdly, we have the groaning of the Spirit. Uh, notice that Paul says that the Spirit helps us in our weakness. What is this weakness and, and why do we need help? Well, in this passage, it's because we don't know how to pray as we should. We don't know what to pray for. 
Do you find yourself struggling uh, with that, especially in these days? Uh, you know, there's so many things to be praying about, so many people and so many concerns. Uh, and, you know, it's not only sickness and health concerns, it's political situations. Uh, there are tensions in society. And so, you know, we hear about all this and we don't quite know how to pray about these things. And maybe sometimes we just get tired, we get weary uh, of praying day after day. We need help. And Paul says that the Holy Spirit uh, helps us in this weakness. You know, as we, as we agonize with, with God uh, in prayer, uh, words limit us too much. You know, words are not enough to really express what's, what's going on inside of us. And so Paul says that the Spirit inside of us uh, is groaning uh, in wordless groans uh, beyond what we can express in words. The Spirit is in tune with us, with our hearts. The Spirit is in tune with God the Father, and so the Spirit is praying in accord with the will of God. So back to that phrase that Paul uses about the Holy Spirit, he says that the Spirit is groaning uh, in groans that words cannot express. Uh, sometimes we wonder, is this the same as what Paul talks elsewhere about as uh, praying in the Spirit? What we might call a praying in tongues, and I know that Many of you have experienced that. I think it could very well be. And it reminds me of a specific uh, event in our lives. It was the birth of our son, Jeremy. And so Bessie, my wife, was, was going through labor pains. We were in the hospital and, and time was going on and on, but uh, the labor was not progressing. Her cervix was not opening up. Her blood pressure was going up very high. And then finally, the, they did some examination and discovered that uh, there was a, a cord coil around the baby's neck and there were other signs that the baby was in distress and so the doctor said the only thing we can do is an emergency c-section and this was of course very disturbing very stressful for for both of us Bessie was in pain she was groaning and and, and then I was thinking what what is going to happen could I lose my dear wife could it be that our, our child will be born abnormally, will, will not be healthy, or even will not survive the birth? And so, of course, it was extremely stressful. Now, I was allowed to go into the operating room. We had actually arranged that ahead of time. And uh, so I was there in the operating room. I can remember being right next to the anesthesiologist who was right behind uh, Bessie's head while uh, the surgeon was, was, uh, was operating. Uh, on her and I just I didn't have words to speak I was just praying and it was pouring out of my mouth call it prayer in tongues call it groaning in the spirit I don't know but that's all I could do and, and as long as the the operation was going on that's what I was doing very intense kind of praying and I believe that's exactly what Paul is talking about here the spirit groaning uh, you know with wordless groans and thankfully, God did answer those prayers. Bessie came out of the surgery okay. Uh, our son Jeremy was born and, and was healthy. And so we could really give thanks for that. An example of, of what Paul is talking about here, of the spirit groaning. You know, another thing that, we, that comes out of this for us is that in a way it answers our questions. You know, what is God doing? 
You know, all the things that are going around us, we can't understand the cognitive dissonance. Um, you know, we wonder, where is God? What is God doing? Well, here's an answer. God is groaning inside of us. God's spirit is within us. And in a sense, what, what this means is, is God is going through pain and struggle too. And we think of God as, as omnipotent and that he can't be affected by emotions. But that's not really it. God, God also struggles. God has pains. And, and it's going on right inside of us. The Holy Spirit is in tune with us, with our inner selves. The Spirit is in tune with God the Father praying, interceding for us according to the will of God. And this defies our understanding, our logic. We, we can't really understand this. This has to do with the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Uh, it's beyond our comprehension, but somehow that's what's happening, and we need to accept it and find comfort in that. So what are our takeaways uh, today from these, these three groanings, the groaning trio? as I call it. Well, for one thing, about creation, we, we see that, uh, you know, we're involved in, in something that's much bigger than ourselves, bigger than humanity, bigger than this earth, bigger than the solar system, bigger than the galaxy. It's, it's the whole cosmos, the whole universe that uh, is involved in this redemption story. And uh, yeah, we are important because, in a sense, we're at the very center of the story because it's about our redemption uh, through Jesus Christ. And, and the creation itself is groaning, awaiting the fullness of that redemption. So the bigness, the, the hugeness of the story that we're involved in. Secondly, about creation, notice that God is really lifting the status of creation. God is honoring the created order. And so should we. We should recognize that creation is very important to God. You know, at the beginning, when, when God created uh, Adam, he put him in the garden and said, uh, you know, he put him there to work it and take care of it. And God has never withdrawn that, uh, that purpose, that command, uh, that still our task in creation is to care for God's world. In a sense, it's renewed by our redemption in Jesus Christ. And so we, as God's people, should be at the forefront of efforts to uh, restore creation, to take care of it, to overcome the environmental problems and work for solutions uh, to overcome uh, climate change and pollution, work together to the, for the renewal of God's creation. And then back to those three aspects of, of uh, the groaning that we saw both in creation and in ourselves. And how do we respond to that? Once again, it's uh, the pain, the frustration, and the longing that we saw both in creation and in ourselves. So there's the pain, the struggle that we go through, the hardships. Uh, there's the, the frustration of uh, you know, having part of it, but not complete yet, not being all that God intends for us to be. And then there's the longing of having to wait for what is coming ahead. So you know, how do we respond to that? Uh, well, we see three ways to respond, in a sense. One is, is in terms of perseverance. Uh, Paul talks about, you know, we, while we wait for this, we wait for it patiently or with perseverance. So in the face of the pain, we persevere, knowing that an end is coming. In the face of the frustration, 
we have eagerness. Paul talks about the eager expectation as we look forward to the fullness of what God has in store for us when Christ comes again. And then in the face of the longing, we exercise hope. Uh, Paul talks about hope there, that we, we, we put our trust in God's promises. We know that God will fulfill them, and so our hope is in Him. And that hope keeps us going forward, trusting in the Lord. And then a final takeaway once again is that God is doing something. God is groaning by His Spirit even within us. And so there's that sense that, yes, God is with us in this pain and struggle. And there's a sense of intimacy here, an intimacy between ourselves and God, with God's Spirit uh, working deep within us, uh, the sense of the Spirit being in tune with God the Father. Uh, there's that, that deep intimacy that, that, that should encourage us. And to know that the, the Spirit is interceding for us according to God's will, even when you know, we struggle in our prayers. And so this is the groaning trio. Now I wonder, is this trio groaning in harmony? We think of a trio as three singers that are singing together in a beautiful harmony. Is that how it is with creation and ourselves and the Spirit? Uh, on the one hand, I think it might be rather dissonant. <laughs> how can groaning be harmonious? And yet, in another sense, maybe there's not so much harmony, but there's a sense of being in tune with each other. The Holy Spirit, ourselves, and creation are somehow in tune with each other, all groaning, all expecting, looking forward to what God is doing, struggling with what's going on now. And so there's that sense, could we call it harmony? I'm not sure, but there's that sense of uh, being in tune with each other and that I believe should really encourage us in dealing with all the, the hardships and struggles that we're dealing with these days. So don't be afraid to groan. Trust that God's Spirit is groaning with you and we can also groan with the creation. Let's pray. Thank you Lord God so much for your word and we thank you for how it speaks to us in the very real things that we're dealing with here and now today. Lord, we, we pray for our people. We pray for all the listeners and viewers today. Lord, many are going through various kinds of struggle, hardship, tension, stresses, disappointments, sickness, and economic hardship. Lord, we just pray that you'll be with each one uh, where they are, what they're dealing with, and may they find encouragement and comfort to know that yes, we groan, but you yourself are even groaning right with us, and uh, even the creation is groaning, oh Lord God. So we pray that uh, in this we might sense a deeper intimacy with you, oh Lord God, that we will uh, be strengthened in our, our hope, our expectation, our eagerness as we look forward to your coming again, Lord Jesus, and your redemption being complete, and also to reach out to others and offer this hope that we have, O oh Lord God. May that be truly the power, the working of your Holy Spirit in us. In Jesus' name, amen.
majesty. You're the Lord. You're the Lord. Take over. Lover of my soul. Take control. I surrender. Let us come to the Lord in prayer. Let us pray. Father, we praise you and thank you for the opportunity that we can come to your throne of grace. Lord, we are thankful for the blessings that you are giving to each one of us. Panginoon, sa araw na ito na nanalangin kami, that you will go before us again, Lord, this week. Samahan mo po, Panginoon, ang nangangailangan. Aliwin mo po, Panginoon, ang mga nalulungkot. At gagabayan mo po, Panginoon, ang bawat isa sa amin. Lord, we pray for our families. We pray that we will continue to experience your presence, your peace, your provision, and your protection, Lord, despite this pandemic. Help us to continue to trust in you, Lord, knowing fully well that you are the God who is still sitting on the throne. And because of that, Lord, we can anchor our faith, our hope, And we can have comfort in you. Salamat po, Panginoon, sapagkat ikaw ang dakilang Diyos na sasama at gagabay sa bawat isa sa amin. Pagpalain mo po, Panginoon, ang bawat isa sa amin. Gabayan mo po ang bawat isa sa amin. Sa pangalan ni Jesus, Amen at Amen. People of God, may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord depart His countenance upon you. And grant each one of you shalom in Jesus' name. Amen and Amen. Amen.